This is Josh Schneps, and we're up to the latest issue of Schneps Connects. It's great to be able to talk to the movers and shakers around New York City or on the ground and seeing what's actually happening throughout New York City during this uh, really crazy time, hopefully coming out of the pandemic. Today, I'm happy to have on the show someone who I consider a friend, Elizabeth Luskin. She's the president of the LIC Partnership, Long Island City Partnership, and executive director of the Long Island City Business Improvement District. The Long Island City Partnership is the neighborhood development organization for Long Island City. I am on the board, still, I hope, Liz. Yes. Advocate <laughs> for economic development that benefits the area's industrial, commercial, tech, cultural, tourism, and residential sectors. Long Island City really does have it all, and Elizabeth will talk about that a little bit more. She also serves on the New York City Bid Association Board of Directors and is a member of the Queens Tech Council, New York City Workforce Business Council, among many other roles. She served as co-chair of the Amazon Community Advisory Project Plan Committee, and she was previously Deputy Commissioner of New York City Small Business Services, General Counsel to the Downtown Alliance, and Legislative Counsel at New York State Office of Federal Affairs. She's a graduate of Yale University and NYU School of Law. Liz, it's great to have you on the program. So great to be here. A real honor. Thank you, Josh, for oh, it's my all you, you do. do to terrific work in a fantastic community. And I think, you know, just letting more people know about it. So if you don't mind just sharing more about the partnership and your role and, and your goal and mission. Sure, absolutely. And we are very proud to have you as a board member. Your advice and guidance is really invaluable. So thank you. Thank you. Uh, the partnership has been around for, I think it's 41 years now, it used to be called the Long Island City Business Development Corporation. And it was founded at a time that the area was almost exclusively industrial and grounded in business assistance to that industrial sector. And over the years, as we know, Long Island City has really become a true mixed use city within the city of New York. And in recognition of that, about a dozen years ago, the part, the part, the LIC Business Development Corporation rebranded to the Long Island City Partnership. We work across the mixed use sectors here, both to help each individual sector be strong, but also to have the area as a whole uh, benefit from its incredible mix of sectors and um, get the recognition and support and success that it deserves. But we are still grounded in business assistance and we like to say that we help businesses with everything from financing to fire hydrants. We take a holistic approach, um, but we do also market the area, work on economic development planning. Um, we operate the local business improvement district. So on key corridors, we're providing supplemental sanitation, graffiti removal, beautification, planting, things like that. So we try and uh, do what the neighborhood needs. And one of the things the neighborhood needs and benefits from is partnership. And we are always connecting people, whether it's businesses to other businesses they can work with or community to community or across the different sectors. Uh, one of the things we take great pride and, and uh, satisfaction from is making those key partnerships because we really do have the best of the best here, whatever the sector is, and they should all be working together. Yeah, you do a great job. And you know, there's still a lot ahead and Long Island City, you know, before the pandemic was just seeing explosive growth on many levels, many fronts. You know, it used to be you would look at Center Boulevard and, and the buildings going up along Center Boulevard 
um, was fantastic. But then now you look at Jackson Avenue, which was full of uh, lots for taxi cabs. And now it's just one high rise after the other. So there's been a lot of development. A lot of it was really either opening or getting ready to open right before the pandemic. So talk a little bit about what the pandemic, what impact the pandemic has had on the neighborhood and you know what you're seeing on the ground. Absolutely. And you can't start talking about the pandemic without talking about the terrible human toll and economic toll that has gone on. And our neighborhood has certainly not been exempt. Um, we are a neighborhood of the significant construction, as you've said, for a few years there, we were the fastest growing neighbor in the country. We are also proudly home to the largest public housing development in the country, mm -hmm. Queensbridge Houses, as well as three other great developments, uh, Astoria, Ravenswood, and Woodside. And we have uh, the social um, toll of the pandemic, the health toll on our friends and neighbors, and has been dramatic and very happy to see that numbers are going in a better direction and, and improving there. On the economic and sort of central business district side of things, as you mentioned, this was the moment when all of the construction and all of the change was going to gel into a highly functional neighborhood that provided life and opportunity and great customers for our small businesses. So we've had a lot of different buildings dating back to, you know, the early 80s, the building I'm in, that's the JetBlue building that brought great companies in like that. Uh, and there've been residential construction over the years, but when you walk along Queens Plaza, Jackson Avenue, um, Crescent Street, all of these streets, the critical mass of construction uh, finished the last year. And so the scaffolding was coming down, the buildings were filling up. We had our first new ground up major 1.2 million square foot commercial building opening, basically full from the minute it was gonna open. So all of those buildings were now gonna be people and the people were gonna be customers. So it was a really great moment culminating decades of change and disruption um, and right then, COVID hit. So in some ways, we've been fortunate that we are mixed use. We do have residential, we have commercial, we have education like LaGuardia Community College and lots of schools and CUNY law. We have culture. So we had a little, and we have hospitality, we, have a, we had a little bit of activity in all of these sectors. It never was completely dead here, right? There was always some activity. So we weren't midtown, right? Which unfortunately was just shuttered. Um, we were never as uh, quiet as that. And, and coming out as things are coming back, we're every day you go out every week, there's more and more life. But it was really just a, a sort of so much momentum hitting a almost full stop. And particularly for the businesses um, that depend on the daytime business population, you know, the, the wonderful Lucky Pizza, which is across the way, which does much more than pizza, but their main customers weren't so much the walk-ins, it was all the catering of business lunches in JetBlue's offices and Altice's offices and so on. Businesses like that, um, even when reopening happened, they weren't on 
a street where you could have outside dining and the population that they depend on wasn't the residential population. Interestingly, we've also though, because we, we have all these other sectors and maybe we'll, we wanna talk about it later, but the impact on manufacturing has been very uneven, uh, interesting changes in film and television. Um, and obviously for the health sector, um, it's been nonstop intensive, intensive work to try and save our community. So Mount Sinai, Queens, our local hospital, Yeoman's work, the floating hospital, which works with the population in public housing and, and homeless shelters. Um, unbelievable effort that they've pulled out. So uh, we could talk about those other sectors as we, as we go along, but it's, it's anything that's happening in the city has been happening here hopefully a little bit better than it's been happening elsewhere, but uh, the same uneven um, impact. Let's also talk about some of the nonprofits because Long Island City is certainly known for its cultural institutions and, um, and its arts groups. C can you talk to any of those in terms of how they're faring? Sure, and um, just a, a word about our non-arts nonprofits because one of the things about this area is that we are home to some of the most amazing nonprofits that serve a population far beyond just Long Island City, whether it's our children that works with women in and out of the prison, the prison system, uh, Fortune Society, Sunnyside Community Services, Floating Hospital, which I mentioned, and they've all been uh, urban upbound, stepping up to the plate, uh, Jacob Reese, so many, dealing with food insecurity, dealing with uh, the problems of the elderly, all of these, um, you know, dealing with the populations that they that they serve uh, in times when the city was also cutting back on budget for their kinds of services and so on. So really traumatic, uh, but we're so fortunate to have these great organizations. Um, uh, plus there were pop-up relief organizations like LIC Relief, which organized um, the residential community to support the rest of the residential community and more. Mm -hmm. On the cultural side, obviously it was um, so difficult because the cultural community depends on uh, people visiting venues, whether it's a museum or a gallery, uh, depends on performing live performances and having audiences. And these were some of the last uh, elements that were allowed to reopen and at capacities that really were very stressful also because um, you've got to pay for your staff in order to welcome, whether it's 10 patrons or a thousand. And um, again, uh, you know, now it's easy to forget because we see money flowing from Washington, but uh, not too long ago, the city was out of money and, um, the, it wasn't very easy to throw support at all of these uh, organizations, although I know they applied for the PPP and other programs as well. Uh, but they're amazing creativity. I mean, none of them were sitting back and and just you know crying into their into their soup. They were all coming up with incredible online programming, um, whether that was from their archives or uh, from once there could be. The, the, the members of a dance troupe like Queensborough Dance Festival could get together and perform live for a Zoom audience. Um, so just been doing a, a incredible things to keep our cultural souls nourished 
as well as keep their organizations relevant and um, uh, you know helping to enrich us during the moment and raise some of the issues that needed to be raised as we think about the future. Um, we've tried to find ways to nourish that community in return, whether through uh, show, you know, trying to be a real conduit of information about what they're doing. Valerie Green and, and her company has just been doing amazing things as well as others, uh, but also uh, commissioning art uh, now that things have been opening up, up a bit, we did a great project, LIC is a Galaxy, where we had five different artists produce uh, planets or globes uh, that we've put throughout the area. And we're in the process of uh, producing a series of, of public art interventions uh, that we hope to unveil this summer, working with a local firm, uh, Hive Public Space. So trying to deal with this on many levels, but it's just, it's a wonderful thing that people have been being responsible and getting their vaccinations and the rates have been going down so that capacities can go up. So talk about where people can find out about the LIC uh, as a galaxy, that installation you were saying that's around the neighborhood. Where can they find out more information on that? Right on our website, licqns.com. Uh, it has its own page. Uh, and also all of the 40 different cultural institutions in the area, plus the galleries and so on. Uh, we have a business and attractions listing, an interactive map, uh, and there's a great uh, platform that we've developed, LIC Local, that you can use also when you're out and about in Long Island City. You'll see these uh, compass-like stickers, and just you hold up your phone, you don't need an app, and it will geolocate you and tell you what's going on around you. And that isn't just where you can get a good meal or a great cup of coffee or a wonderful cocktail, but also where there's a gallery show or a museum or a public art that we've done or others have done. We did this great series of public art LIC Arts Connection. There's wonderful pieces out there. So uh, I encourage everybody to visit LICQNS.com, but also check out those signs when you're in the neighborhood and just see what the idea was, not just to get you to, from point A to point B, although it can do that too, but also to show you what's around you. Because as you know, Josh, it's very confusing here uh, to know exactly where you are. And you could be right around the corner from the most amazing XYZ, whatever that could be, and you're not going to see it. So we're trying to help you see through the buildings, behind the brick walls, to the great things that you can do around here and have an adventure. Well, one of the great spaces you have, of course, is the waterfront parks. Maybe you could talk a little bit about the, the Gantry Plaza State Park and Hunters Point South Park. Absolutely amazing world-class parks uh, have won every design award, but more importantly, they've won everybody's hearts. And in the pandemic, last summer, uh, they were almost too loved. Uh, it was so many people, um, but this year, the city and the state, because there's a city park and a state park and the wonderful Hunters Point Parks Conservancy, which is the private parks uh, nonprofit that supports the parks, um, are really, uh, there's great coordination and with the uh, NYPD and others and DOT, to make sure that everyone can have a wonderful experience in those parks. And one of the um, fascinating things about the parks is that it's been built in phases, but always with the same landscape architect. And so 
the vision has evolved over time. And if you start at one end of the park and go to the other, you're going to have multiple different and exciting and interesting experiences. So some places it's very active, other places it's very serene. Um, it's always beautiful. Uh, and there's just so many, it is a fascinating park that also just works as a place to experience. Uh, so looking forward to taking advantage of that this summer. And you can get there on NYC Ferry, which is a wonderful uh, addition to the LIC landscape. We have uh, three ferry stops on the edge of Western Queens, and they can take you to the, the parks there, the, to Astoria Park up farther north as well. But over to Roosevelt Island, you can visit Four Freedoms and Cornell Tech. Um, and you can get to 90th Street in Manhattan, you can get to 34th Street, you know, all of these different connections. So the waterfront is alive and, and there for your enjoyment. Um, and then I would hope that after you've uh, had your fill of the park, you, you, you go upland a bit to Vernon Boulevard or uh, around in the neighborhood and uh, get some of our uh, Michelin recognized cuisine <laughs> at every level, both the the star level and the bargain, uh, the, 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 the great value level, I think they call it, the Bib Gourmand Awards, um, just such variety. And I know everybody likes to say they have, you know, the best, but the reality is that we have all of this recognition for our museums, for our uh, dining and drinking. And so you go to these things, not because you just feel a sense of neighborhood loyalty, but because they're really great, <laughs> so why wouldn't you? For anyone that hasn't been to those parks, I mean, they are breathtakingly beautiful destinations. So it's certainly something you have to see and experience if you haven't before. And an unbelievable view of the Manhattan skyline and the Queensboro Bridge and all of those things. I mean, I tend to concentrate on the parks themselves, but the views are spectacular. Absolutely. Talk about what the partnership is doing to attract businesses, because obviously there's um, a balance between um, the commercial and residential community. But what are some of the, the um, I guess, tools that the partnership provides businesses? So we have a multi-pronged approach. And the first thing is to make sure that we tell the story of why Long Island City is a great place for business. And it's a great place for business, interestingly, in the same way it's a great place to, to live. You know, over time, businesses have evolved into want, you know, their key thing is talent. Talent wants to be in a live work community. Uh, Long Island City, not because it was necessarily planned this way, but because it happened that way, has evolved into an incredible mixed use live work community whether it's great schools or the great parks that you're talking about, the great culture, restaurants, et cetera, and wonderful places to live. Um, we also have incredible places to work. And uh, whatever sector you're in, you can have colleagues and partners here. So film and television, airlines, <laughs> life sciences, tech in general. So we developed a uh, brochure, an LIC brochure that collapses a lot of this great information into a tight space that's available online. We also um, have done some reports that highlight these things, both a comprehensive plan, but also our life sciences feasibility study and developed a, a portal that explains to the life sciences industry why LIC is so great, but a lot of those things relate to everybody in general. 
But the other thing is that we, as I mentioned, have uh, been grounded for 41 years in business assistance. And one of the key things that we can do is one-on-one -on -one assistance for businesses that are uh, interested in looking here or are here or are coming here. Uh, we work to educate brokers and policymakers and so on so they can also spread the gospel. But we do a lot uh, in different times with tours, taking people around, but we're, we're also starting to do some of that. And then just finding out what is important to people and helping them with that. So when you come to Long Island City, there are a variety of tax incentives, energy incentives, other kinds of benefits that you might be eligible for. It is complicated. You, you need help triaging that, figuring out what kind of help you could, you're eligible for and then how to get it. We work with people on that. But it could be you need a loading dock or you need um, somebody to design your lighting or somebody to, an, or you need to work with Con Ed to get an energy audit or you need to work with the Department of Buildings to get your CFO. You know, we are here to be an ombuds person for you and, and work with businesses to, to get the help that you need at that moment. Um, you might need a construction loan or you might need major financing. We can help with all of these things and get you connected with who you need to be connected to. So we both market the area, but we're also here to provide substantive real support that addresses the needs that you have. And you know, when businesses uh, come to us, sometimes they're like, I'm interested in the area. Um, this is the kind of space I'm looking for. We're not a broker. We will all never interfere with the broker relationships, but sometimes we know of a space that for the right business, the owner might actually want to talk to them, even though it's not technically on the market, mm -hmm. or we'll know this broker actually, you know, has something for you or that broker. So we'll try and again, for us, the issue is success, a successful choice of Long Island City or a successful choice to stay in Long Island City. And whatever it takes to make that happen, we're going to work with you to try and uh, get that done. But at the end of the day, uh, we need a successful residential com community to have a successful business community. Uh, there's the people, businesses want to make sure that their employees can live in the area and the employees want to be able to walk, bike, to work. And even the people who aren't, if you have both of those, then you get a great place for breakfast in the neighborhood, a great place for lunch, and a great place for after dinner drinks and great entertainment and culture. So it, it's all symbiotic. And again, that's why it's important that we're now the LIC partnership and can uh, try and be helpful to the various sectors to make sure that the, the whole can benefit from the sum of the parts. You know, you talked about how, you know, Long Island City was really prospering before COVID and a lot of the buildings were getting ready to open up. Do you see COVID and, and the pandemic as a speed bump in terms of the progress of the community? Do you see it as a little bit of a fork in the road where maybe some of the community just changes to reflect some of the, the future realities. What do, you, what do you see as really the future of the neighborhood? I think that one of the things that uh, COVID has helped do is highlight how important this neighborhood is. We haven't had a chance yet to talk much about the manufacturing sector, but all of the food relief, all of the development of bridge ventilators, the fabrication of face shields, scrubs, you know, healthcare uh, workers and materials and so on, 
some of this was happening elsewhere as well, but all of it was happening at some level in Long Island City. You need the businesses that are here in a city and we have them, they have chosen to be in Long Island City because they are close to their customers, both here and through the airports abroad. You need that ingenuity, you need that manufacturing capacity uh, in a successful urban environment. And these businesses are here and people are starting to appreciate them, I think, in a way that they didn't necessarily before. And all of those businesses um, that were able to do PPP work and sorry, PPE work and pivoting to other kinds of relief uh, were also able to keep people working during the depths of the pandemic. Um, and so, again, that's very important. But what we've also seen is that there's a lot of uh, biz uh, industries that are here like everybody involved in hospitality, whether it's restaurants or it's coffee brewers or it's breweries or it's the highest end caterers in the city, um, lots of venues and, and the hotels and so on, all incredible sectors that have just been knocked off the block by this pandemic and it's not gonna recover very quickly. And we have to continue to provide support and some of these were also the ones that it was hardest to support because a caterer, uh, catering company provides employment to lots of people, but they may not be employees, right? So um, the early models of relief didn't necessarily um, take that into account because uh, they were all focused on um, direct employment and other things. Um, I, I, you know, film and television uh, starting last summer was up and running because the the appetite for new content is just insatiable and so the 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 studios and all the businesses that depend on them there's thousands of businesses and people that serve that industry um it's a bright new day in a lot of ways i mean it's difficult there's protocols but there's huge demand for their for their product so i think you know, we've, we've asked this question of our audience at the real estate breakfast and, and other places. How do you think LIC is positioned um, post COVID compared to other parts of New York City? And overwhelmingly more than 75% said better. And that's because of the mixed use and both the live work, but also the various industries um, and the transportation that we have, which is still incredible. I mean, um, just one other statistic I'll go about the other one the other question we ask is how do you think it's uh positioned to recover compared to other parts of the country and 65 percent said better and i think that's because as you know very well josh the bones here are so good right we have eight subway lines we have the long island railroad we have the ferries we have the airports you there's no place more convenient of a set of a, of a central business district other than out in flushing to the airports, um, you know, because you don't have to cross a, a river to get there. The waterfront parks, the educational institutions, the cultural landscape, none of those things went away because of COVID. So they're all still here. And those are why there was so much investment happening in this neighborhood, uh, because it all it all makes sense. Yes. Um, will it all come back roaring back day one? No. But I do think that in some ways it's good after this just incredible heady growth to have a moment to think and to reflect 
Uh, we're, there have been conversations going on for several years. You mentioned uh, Amazon, but, but before Amazon and after Amazon about what are the ways that we can make sure that the opportunities that are in this neighborhood, whether it's from the manufacturers that are here or the construction jobs or the office jobs or uh, the service jobs or uh, the educational opportunities are better connected into the populations in, in the neighborhood that need them the most. And I think that the um, both because of COVID and, and again, these conversations were happening before, but all of the um, national and local dialogue that's been going on over the past year gives much more immediacy and I think is bringing resources to bear so that we can make real progress on those fronts. So, you know, I like to say, you know, when, when, when all the protests were going on nationally, I reminded people of the great organizations in our community that have been doing this work on equity for decades, you know, mm -hmm. Urban Upbound, 696 Queensbridge, Jacob Reese, uh, Our Children, Fortune Society, Sunnyside Community Service, you know, all of these groups have been doing this work when it wasn't on the front page of the New York Times. Yes. And so we have, again, good bones, right? We have good community leaders who can help guide these efforts. And I think we have the best, uh, people have always been engaged, but I think the 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 best partners on the um, business side who are really looking to be helpful agents of meaningful change as well. So I think that, you know, we have the opportunity to have an even better community than uh, we would have had if the last year hadn't happened. You know, I can't let you go without asking about the hotels because it always blew my mind when another hotel opened up in Long Island City and we topped off at it. I mean, it was an astronomical number of hotels in such a small area. Um, what is happening to these hotels now? Well, you know, <laughs> uh, and why so many hotels here? Because of our proximity to a number of things. So first of all, people always think it's just people going to Manhattan. But when we've talked to the hoteliers and to the businesses, um, we have over 40 hotels now in the neighborhood because a lot of the businesses that are here are at the very top end of whatever they do, whether it's design manufacturing or, you know, JetBlue as an airline, Estee Lauder, you know, others. And so they have customers, employees, et cetera, coming in from all over the world, right? And that includes some of our smaller manufacturers like Depp Glass and others. They do work all over the world. So there's a business hotel traveler for, who's doing local business. But of course, there's also business travelers who were doing business in Manhattan. It's very, uh, it's, a, it's a significant, you know. Yeah, I guess the bigger question is through the pandemic, is there room for all of them? <laughs> yeah. Well, and then of course that all went away and, and we have more leisure travelers that have been coming in both to visit Manhattan, but also to visit Queens. Bottom dropped out of that, right? And then the, um, the city needed to move our homeless uh, neighbors from their congregate shelters, mm -hmm. uh, but they were also taking people off the subways as the subways were being closed. And so we have been one of the neighborhoods where there has been, um, you know, at least nine hotels that have been used for um, a temporary shelter. 
uh, which has been challenging because these hotels were not set up as a great place to deliver services. Yeah, uh, they were there for guests who were, you know, um, so we hear that that should be easing up now because the shelter should be able to accept back their residents. Um, that'll be a great thing. Uh, but even throughout that, you know, um, the Mar Courtyard Marriott at uh, uh, Queens Plaza down there, they've been ho housing healthcare workers, you know, essential workers uh, throughout this crisis so that they could take care of people in our hospitals. So again, this neighborhood, because of its location and because of the kind of people who are here, has been whatever the need, people have been trying to, trying to fill it. And um, that's why we're gonna be strong coming out of it because we have great people who love this community and love this city and are always gonna be looking for what can I do, yes. not just what can you do for me. Well, listen, there's a lot of active community, but I think about 500 people are running for the local city. <laughs> well, Liz, Long Island City is terrific, and you're a big part of the reason why. So thank you so much for everything that you do and being on the uh, podcast. Thank you, Josh. And if I can get one plug in, um, yeah, if, if there's time, uh, we usually do LIC Springs as a big festival in May. Uh, 15,000 people, obviously, that's not a good thing to do right now, but please, everybody stay tuned. We're going to have a LIC Springs to Summer series of events and, and promotions and all kinds of things coming up. So lots of ways to explore and enjoy the neighborhood and uh, hopefully keep coming back for more. Well, I love it because I just got a Facebook memory of my son on a pony on Vernon Boulevard. <laughs> from years ago. Awesome. Awesome. Well, well, thank John, you. I look forward to tuning into your candidate debates for uh, District 22 and District 26. Yep, and, Thanks for, thanks for hosting those. Our pleasure. Make sure to subscribe to Schneps Connects wherever you get your podcasts or stream us online at podcast.schnepsmedia.com. Thank you.